You're listening to audio from Church of the Incarnation. To donate to our ministry or find out more, please visit incarnationcfl.com. Please be seated. I just preached my sermon. Should I, I guess we can just move on now. <clears throat> Somebody's like, yes, move on. Well, you don't have any basketball to watch? You watched it last night. You don't have to wait until Monday. I'm from North Carolina, so there are no losers in our household last night. Right? It doesn't matter who wins. I was too dumb to go to Duke or Carolina. I got no stake in any of those schools. I'm just from the same state. <laughs> oh, goodness. Not true. I probably could have gotten in. I don't, well, maybe. Who knows? I'll never know. <laughs> Moving on. We're going to talk about the Gospel of John this morning just for a minute, and then we're going to jump into Philippians, so we'll be all over the place in that regard. But I want to start with this question, and I mean it seriously. This sounds ridiculous, but I'm asking you truly. What would you do if your brother had been raised from the dead? I I firmly believe that the Holy Spirit wants you to ask yourself that question, seriously. And I, I believe that Scripture is implying that you should ask yourself that question. What would you do if somebody closest to you had been raised from the dead? Maybe your parents or a child or your son or daughter or a spouse. What would matter to you if that was true? What wouldn't matter to you today if that was true? And another question I think we should ask, and I think this scripture is asking, is what would you be willing to do for the one who was responsible for that? Mary saw it. We see it in the gospel, John 11. Mary saw her own brother, Lazarus, raised from the dead. And that's precisely why she does what she does in this gospel. She takes a pound of pure nard, a spice that was not commonly come by, worth a year's salary. Think about that. A denarii was about a day's wage. So we're talking about 300 denarii. Let's put that in. You know, let's just relate to to my salary. Your salary, that's like (laughs) $600,000. The treasurer's laughing. And the... And the bookkeeper's laughing. No, you're right. I don't make that much. I don't know. What's the yeah, median income for an annual? 40 grand? 40,000 $40, dollars? And she just takes it and dumps it out on the feet of Jesus? What a waste. Unless that person had raised your brother from the dead? What, how, how worth it is that to you? For the one who had literally given you back your greatest joy, the one thing that mattered, and had given you something you couldn't earn yourself, no matter how much stuff you had. You can't raise the dead. It's not going to happen. The wealthiest people in the world, they die. Sometimes tragically. And, and here's this Jesus who just gives it back to you in a whisper. I mean, when, you, when you're faced with that, it, who, none of this stuff matters. God, it's yours. I'll give it all to you. You've given me what I could have never, ever gotten myself. And so you might be thinking, well, I would do that too if God would do something like that for me. And in a truer than true sense, he has. And I I just want to put that 
that bold and almost obnoxious sounding claim before you and ask you to believe it. In a truer than true sense, he has. Listen to what Jesus says to Mary and Martha just before this miracle of raising Lazarus. This is John chapter 11, verse 20. When Mary, when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, this is just before the miracle, she went and met him while Mary stayed home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. She was expecting him to say that. Of course, at the end of days when everyone rises again, Martha said to him, I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And listen to this. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. And here's what's true for you. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And just make it crystal clear, listen to the appropriation of this truth in verse 26. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Everyone. Everyone. Not just Lazarus. The, the thing that Jesus did for Lazarus was for you. The gift that he gave Mary and Martha, her, their brother back, that's for you because Jesus takes that very real miracle and appropriates it to everyone who's trusted in his name. He says, you trust in my name. You have this gift. Even though you die, you don't die. You live forever in the truest sense. Verse 27, she said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you're the Messiah, the one coming into the world. And I want to put that before you. Do you believe? Do you really believe it? Are you, are you willing to so believe that God has given you the one thing you couldn't give yourself? Nothing will buy it. Nothing will earn it. Resurrection life. Eternal life. Freedom from sin. His very own righteousness. That you're going to dwell in glory forever. Do you believe that? Because if you do, it has this amazing way of just sterilizing all of your priorities now. Nothing matters in that context. And you're like, oh, so what? I've, I've, I have resurrection life. Well, what about now? Well, it makes everything that happens. And you're, some of y'all are going to have an awful week. Hate to tell you. Right? And, and some of you guys are going to have a great week. Maybe you just come off an awful week. Regardless of your week, it takes that whole thing and it just puts it in a perspective and light that you would never have otherwise. And you become a free person. I mean, truly free. You're like, it doesn't matter what happens to me. It doesn't matter what I have. It doesn't matter what I own. It doesn't matter what I lose. It, it doesn't matter what happens in the next few months. God, you've given me the one thing I need and I'll never lose it. And it's pure gift. So I'm... So, so my response to that, I mean, is just to pour my life out over you. Think about that imagery with Mary. I mean, she like wasted herself on this God. Like, and even Judas, he's a little greedy heart. He's like, that was a waste. Is it really a waste for you to give everything you have and all that you are to a God who's given you the one thing you could never earn or never buy? Eternity? Is it really a waste? Paul doesn't think so. 
Let's see what he has to say about him, Philippians. You got your Bibles, Philippians 3, or if you want to turn there in your bulletins. Beautiful text. Oh my goodness. Let's skip down to the second paragraph in your bulletin this morning. Look at what Paul says. He's talking about his whole life here. He's talking about his pedigree, his resume, his plans, his agendas, his future, his past, everything he has, everything he is. He sums it all up and he says this, yet, ever, yet whatever gains I had, I have come to regard as loss because of Christ. He's saying, I got something in Jesus that is so valuable that everything else I am and all that I have is like nothing. He's going to be even more specific about that nothingness. I regard everything as lost because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus. And here's the thing. For Paul, this is for somebody. For Paul, Jesus wasn't an add-on to his life. He was a replacement for all of it. And I think that's part of why Christianity just doesn't work for some of us. I mean, if you see Jesus as sort of this 3%, add-on to your already awesome life without him? No wonder you're so tied up with anxiety, fear, depression, worry, ungratefulness, despair. You need more than 3% of Jesus. If you see him as just sort of an occasional add-on to your life, you're missing out on the joy of this. You're missing out on the joy of resurrection. You're missing out on the deposit of heaven now. God does not want you to see Jesus as an add-on to your life. He wants to see it as a 100% replacement for all of it where you can look at all yourself and be like, you know what, I don't want that because I've got him. And so it doesn't matter what happens with this. I've got him. That's so weird. I like believe that 30% of the time. That should make you feel good. I'm, I'm saying this today to encourage myself with it. I'm hoping that if I say it enough out loud, I'll believe it by the time I walk out the door. And I got any friends in the room? Last line there, the bottom page. For, for his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, and I regard them as rubbish. That word rubbish, if you're into taking Greek notes, it's, it's the word that only occurs one place in the New Testament. It's, it, the Greek word is skubalon, skubale, depending on the ending. And, and it means trash, but it, it means a particular kind of trash, soiled with gross things. And that's just as where I'll leave it in church this morning, right? He's saying, everything that I am, all that I have, my, the best of myself, and all my plans, my two-story house, my white picket fence, my family even, all of that, compared to what I've received in Jesus, rubbish. You're like, man, how should we receive this? Paul has a high view of the person of Jesus. God has a high view of the person of Jesus. And we should have a high view of who he is and what he's done. Because if we will, it's freedom. I mean, have you ever met somebody who's really old who just don't care anymore? (laughs) I love this I I used to live next to one of these guys back in the 80s it was not cool to wear black socks I realize now that it is the world is turning upside down right 
It's funny because my son, like, he, he came up to me a couple days ago, like, Dad, did you know there's phones that you can flip them open? It's like a flip phone. It's like a brand new thing. <laughs> I'm like, yes, son, I do. Remember, anybody remember the razor? Like, what goes around comes around? Like, I want to have one of those flip phones back in 2004, and now we're back to it again. I mean, pretty soon we're going to make them. Luke's going to come to me like, Dad, there's a brand new iPhone iPhone. It it comes with a battery pack. It sits in the center console of your car, and it has has green buttons on it, and there's a cord attached. It's unbelievable. No no more of this wireless stuff. It's a cord. (laughs) Oh, I mean, I used to live next to a guy. He just didn't care. He's out there, you know, in the mid-90s when it's not cool to wear black socks, and he's out there mowing a salon with black socks, and I see that as a kid. I'm like, I want to be that dude. He just doesn't care. You know, he doesn't care what you think about him. He doesn't care what he's got. He's just, he's free. Well, you know what? God wants to give you old man and old woman freedom right now. I mean, I remember a little tiny church in in Whitefish, Montana. I love this. I'll never forget it. I'm going to try and tell this story without cussing. Uh, I'm, I'm sitting in church, and there's a guy, and he's supposed to read a lesson from Habakkuk, and no one had put the lectern up here. There was just a Bible. That's a mistake. And so this, this older gentleman standing up here, he's probably in his mid-80s. He, he was in his mid-80s. And he's like trying to find him back. Today's lesson from the book of Habakkuk. And he's flipping back and forth, and he can't find it. And it's awkward. It's like five seconds go by, ten seconds go by. <laughs> he can't find it. And then he looks up in front of the whole church, which was like 16 of us, a mega church in Montana. <laughs> and he says, oh, heck. But he doesn't say heck. Dude cusses and he's like, the secret's out. I don't know what, where Habakkuk is. <laughs> and I thought, I want to know that guy. You know, I went up right up to him after the service. I'm like, I got to get to know you. And for months, he would invite me over to his house and we'd play cards after Sunday morning. It was, he was just a really cool guy, but he didn't care. He was just free. And, and that is a beautiful thing. And what the Lord wants to do, I think for all of us, is deposit that kind of freedom in our heart. Like, I'm free. It doesn't matter, God. I'm free because I've got you. Not free in some careless sense where, you know, I'm lazy, but free in a very real sense of understanding how wealthy you are. Do you feel wealthy? Come on, I'm preaching now. You, you should. You should. You should feel so filthy rich. In fact, one of, because of Jesus, not because of your bank account, one of my favorite scriptures in the New Testament, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. It puts the gospel in a financial context, and it says this, that though he was rich, Jesus, for your sake he became poor, so that you might inherit his riches. And Paul describes what those riches are. He gives us two things, righteousness and resurrection. And look what he says next. And this, I'm look, second, second line down on the top of your bulletin on page two, right at the top, second line down. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but having one that comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on Christ. What is it? What is the surpassing greatness of what Jesus has done for you that's supposed to make everything else just look like rubbish? Well, the first thing is righteousness. And that that word righteousness, here's what it means. It's dikaiosune. That's the legal Greek term. It, It means legal innocence before God is judge. That's what righteousness means. Legal innocence. And look what Paul says. That that legal innocence can't come from law-keeping. Isn't that interesting? It doesn't matter how good you are. It does not matter how many rules you follow. Most Christians don't get this, so everyone pay attention. 
You can't earn legal innocence before God. You can't earn it. You cannot achieve it. You have to receive it. And, and Paul says, in spite of myself, I've, I've, got, I've got legal innocence before the only one who could judge me, God himself. He declares me innocent. Have you, there, there's something for you in that. I think that one of the most dis- devastating parts of Christianity is that so many of us as Christians, we just go around feeling downright awful about ourselves all the time because we don't appreciate the person and work of Jesus. We're constantly wondering whether God thinks about us. We're constantly wondering whether we've prayed enough, given enough, done enough, said the right things, not said the wrong things. We're just constantly, even, even in heaven, we say silly things like, well, I hope I get there. What do you mean? There won't be a single one of us in heaven because of us. That's the good news. And and God wants you to own that. He wants you to own the perfect work of Jesus for you in such a way that you're sure God loves me and it's got nothing to do with me. It's because he's awesome, not because I am. And that just washes over you in a way that brings such incredible freedom. Just removes the guilt and shame that some of us just wallow in. That's just part of the deposit. The second one is resurrection. Look, Paul says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. The sharing of his sufferings. If somehow I may attain the resurrection of the dead. And lest you're in doubt as to whether Paul's attained it and whether you have to, keep reading. Not that I have already obtained it or have already reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own because Jesus Christ has made me his own. Paul's like, I'm not going to get there because of me. I'm not going to strive for God to make him my own. He's made me his own. And so I'm going to rest in his finished work. And so this is the last Sunday of Lent. Self-improvement season coming to an end. And, and I want you, I just want to encourage you to take a good, strong, solid look at Jesus. And regardless of how you've done this season of Lent, I want you to be thankful for what Jesus has done for you. And and ask the Lord to deposit within you the surpassing value of his person and work. I think it'll set you free. Amen. Thanks for listening. Would you like to connect with our church? Join us online or in person every week at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit incarnationcfl.com to learn more. Have a great week.